into the compactor. <laughs> well, you don't need this anymore. Why do you always talk to yourself? I simply have a pension for intelligent conversation. Yeah, Say that... Calabar! No! Say Calabar! No! <laughs> Too Much Energon, the laser comb podcast where we talk about Beast Wars shit and talk shit about Beast Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. And this week on Too Much Energon, we have a special interview with award-winning author, playwright, scriptwriter, Ian Weir. We originally recorded this interview back in September, and it originally appeared on episode 57 of Too Much Energon as part of our Beast Wars 25th anniversary special. But it's a really good interview, and it's kind of buried amongst a very, very long, like, almost three and a half, four-hour show. It's just mixed in amongst there, and I really want everyone to hear it, so here it is in all its in all of its glory. Enjoy. Too much energy. So we're here with uh, Ian Weir, a uh, award-winning uh, television, uh, TV writer, playwright, uh, novelist, and... Um, our audience, the Too Much Energon audience, will probably best know you for writing four episodes of Beast Wars Beast back, Wars. yeah, back in the nineties, um, <laughs> including uh, Dark Designs, Possession, which is my personal favorite episode, uh, Cutting Edge, and everyone else's favorite episode, Code of Hero. Code of Hero. That's uh, that's kind of the, that's the. the most people like that's the the pinnacle top tier beast wars right there <laughs> it's yeah it's uh it it's a great episode i we so on our show here we uh what how how we do it is we we review one episode per podcast at a time and we've actually completed the beast wars run and uh coda hero was a was a great one to get to Oh, appreciate that. As, as a matter of fact, of all of the stuff I've written uh, in different genres uh, over the years, I got to say, probably writing for Beast Wars is what I've had the single most feedback on. Uh, it's, oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it's, uh, there are so many people uh, who love Beast Wars. Yeah. And, uh, um, did, you, did you freelance um, a couple episodes of Sci Factor? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I watched that with my with my mom. I I love that show. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I, I'm I'm really glad to hear that. I mean, I, I'm I'm uh, I was at the, I was about four, I think, when I wrote those. Uh, so we were about the same age then. No, yeah. <laughs> four and a half. Four, four and a half, something like that. Uh, yeah, that, that was back in the days when uh, there were so many more freelance opportunities for Canadian TV writers. Uh, basically. Uh, for in the last oh gosh 15 years uh 20 years even almost everything written in canadian television uh, is staffed uh, so if you're uh, you know if, if you're uh, in the room you're on the show uh, which is totally fine so we all sort of shifted over into the uh 
in, into a different mode as as TV writers. Uh, but as far as you know, back in the day, uh, an awful lot of shows, and especially uh, animated shows, they were all uh, freelance written. So you had a chance to yeah. write a whole bunch of different kinds of shows uh, and have it was it was it was great experience and loads of fun. Uh, yeah. So that that brings me to my first question: How did you end up uh, writing for Beast Wars? <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, it was. I started out as the token Canadian. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it was actually quite funny. Um, I'd uh, the uh, Bob Forward, an absolutely brilliant story editor, uh, who was one of the two story editors on uh, on, on Beast Wars. Um, Larry, uh, Larry Dottilio, I guess, was was also uh, story editing at the time, but they, they sort of worked in different uh, in different groups. Um, but Bob was based in L.A., and I think basically all of the other writers were more or less based in L.A. Um, I had done some work on other shows with a guy named Jonathan Goodwill, uh, who was a producer with Mainframe at the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, and Jonathan's a great guy. He worked with uh, with Chris Haddock uh, back in the day. Uh, uh, da Vinci's Inquest. Uh, Jonathan has done all kinds of great stuff. Anyway, uh, I was talking to Jonathan about another project completely, uh, and he was saying, "By the way, uh, how do you feel like uh, doing some animation? We need a Canadian writer uh, for uh, for Beast Wars, I mean, given the way Canadian funding models work uh, in, uh, in tax credits and whatnot uh, in television. They needed to have a Canadian uh, freelance writer." And I said, "Yeah, sure, that sounds um, great." He said, okay, I'll give Bob Forward a call and tell him uh, that uh, I'm going to pass you along as a Canadian writer. Uh, so I contacted Bob Forward uh, and got a, a, you know, a polite but quite frosty response, basically <laughs> saying, we have, you know, we have... Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're a fine writer, but uh, but we have uh, we have all the freelancers we need right now. Thank you very much. Don't call us; we'll call you, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and I mentioned that to Jonathan. I guess that this isn't going to work. And Jonathan said, "Oh, oh yeah, it is. I'll explain to Bob that we have to have a Canadian." Uh, so anyway, so I was foisted uh, on Bob to begin with uh, as the token Canadian writer, uh, and so I you know pitched him the idea for. Uh, dark designs uh, and but it was, it was it was really funny bob and i had a really warm email uh, relationship that uh, uh, began at that point uh, and he got back to me and said you know um when jonathan said i had to hire you i i didn't i figured you couldn't write uh, but this sounds like it could be fun uh, so anyway so we uh, we got on really well and it kind of evolved from there so dark designs was the first episode it, that you had written yeah yeah and it was, I don't remember the, I don't remember exactly what my initial pitch was. I do know that I was completely blown away by the fact that uh, after submitting the pitch, about two hours later, I got this email back from Bob, which moved a whole bunch of stuff around in terms of the structure in the story, do this, do that, do the other. And it was totally brilliant. And I thought, wow. Uh, I mean, like so many Canadian writers then and now, I'd, uh, I'd worked in a whole lot of different kinds of genres. This was kind of my first experience of dealing with someone who was a total expert uh, in a certain kind of storytelling. Uh, and Bob was just, a, was and is an absolute genius uh, at that kind of storytelling. It was, it was really inspiring to get a chance to work with him. Yeah, I'm a really I, big fan of the dialogue in that episode. Uh, Rhinox in particular, when he, when he, <laughs> when Megatron turns him evil, he gets very delightfully uh, snarky. 
<laughs> Thank you. That's that's actually something I I, I think I loved most about writing for uh, for Beast Wars. It, that that particular kind of superhero uh, wisecracking um, dialogue. Uh, that, that I mean, I, it sort of took me back to being uh, you know ten years old. Uh, it's just that. fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, quick question to bounce off of that. Before you had begun work on that, uh, how familiar were you with uh, Transformers in general? Not particularly at all. Uh, as a matter of I fact, like to think they're like, hey, can, we need you to write for this, this guy's death scene. And you were like, okay, he's a robot. He's a velociraptor. How, how hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I actually it was. I, I knew it was going to be an interesting challenge. You know, it's. Uh, uh, but no, I, I really didn't know very much about Transformers. Uh, what Bob did to start me off was sent me in like six or eight scripts that they had at various stages uh, development. So I did a sort of a crash course in reading, uh, you know, on what they were doing with that particular spin on the genre and as i say it was, it was kind of like going back to going back to being a 10 year old kid reading comic books right i mean that that's the way that's the way you kind of that's the way i kind of you know approach the dialogue we're just remembering how much uh, i always loved that kind of storytelling and sort of mm -hmm. went back uh, and approached it in, in that spirit it makes sense that's about how old uh, me and cal were when the show was on so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Definitely struck a chord. Yeah, sp speaking of that, uh, the dialogue, um, you had done a lot of like uh, writing for radio. Yeah. But before that, right? And yeah. I feel like even though I wasn't familiar myself with a lot of Transformers before I begun this project with, with Christopher, um, I feel like the episodes where we spend the most amount of time dissecting the really good dialogue, a lot of them end up being your name rolling in the credits. Yeah. So, so, oh, <laughs> so we, we really like, we, we enjoyed the episodes that you did. did oh, I, uh, I, I really appreciate that. I, I really do appreciate that. It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, I, I never worked as a voice actor or any kind of actor, but when you watch voice actors working in the studio, uh, it's very akin to the kind of, uh, incredible technique and professionalism from uh, you know uh, radio actors. I mean, there were you know back in the day when a lot of radio drama was being done, there were some very very good great stage actors who didn't uh, you know translate particularly well to radio. Uh, but working with really fine radio actors, you know, people who can instantly conjure a character and a scene uh, and sustain it with voice alone uh, was 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 a wonderful inspiration. And of course, that 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 does a it did and does shape my approach to writing dialogue. And I guess, so did, yeah, so with voice acting, it's kind of the same because they're just behind the mic. Yeah. 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 So, so a quick question on that note. Uh, did you actually like see the, the voice actors recording in studio, like doing the dialogue? On 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 Beast Wars, no, I, I never oh, okay. wanted to oh. <laughs> on, on this one. With, with, with other animated shows, with other uh, other productions, I was I was able to do that. The I know why Christopher is is yeah. asking about that. Um, we have this ongoing joke because a lot of the the characters are voiced by the same voice actor. We have this ongoing joke that in, there's one person inside of like a booth, and he's just like turning. 
on each side of the microphone and, and just literally switching and going just, back and forth. And just literally arguing with himself. <laughs> yes. Would that yeah, be I, the easiest way to do it? In, in my yeah. head, it, it seems like it. Yeah. No, it's no. It, it really is a marvelous, a marvelous craft. You know, you know, back in the day, I did, I did quite a bit of radio drama for the BBC, and you know, BBC did a lot more radio drama than CBC, and they actually had a uh, a rep company. Uh, of uh, of radio actors attached to BBC. It was every year they cycled in new people, but they had this pool of like, about twelve or fifteen people who didn't necessarily play the leads. They were they did they, they tended to be younger actors, but they were really good at it. And they had sort of the, they had their kind their range of voices that they would do. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the, uh, one of the actors who was you know famous for playing young boys was of course a woman. Oh, uh, yeah, was, yeah. It was, yeah. It, was, it was in her early 30s. Uh, and I got a chance to walk, watch her at work. And it was great because she would just simply click over into her boy voice. And it's like her entire face would change and she would just lock into this voice and go with it. Totally wonderful. Yeah, Amazing. voice acting's a, an art, an art form oh. unto itself. It's interesting. You said there was kind of like a main cast that sat. So it was kind of like the, the Saturday Night Live of of the BBC radio play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ab- absolutely. They, they were really, really tremendous actors. Yeah. Uh, so uh, for the episode, the four episodes that you wrote, uh, did you, you, you mentioned a pitch earlier. Did you conceptualize the episodes in their entirety and then pitch them? Or did they come to you and say, hey, we need Dinobot to die in this episode. Hey, we need Waspinator to become Starscream in this episode. In, in three of the four, uh, the idea started with me. Uh, the, the, yeah, the idea may have morphed considerably. Um, uh, I mean, Possession, for instance, that one, when I pitched that to, uh, uh, to Bob Forward initially, uh, I didn't have uh, uh, Starscream uh, as a character at all. I pitched it with a different kind of possession. And Bob got back to me and said, listen, I, I like this general idea. I like where it's kind of going, but I think we need to you know, find other ways at that at that spirit character. Um, and he said, I, <laughs> he said, uh, you know, I know there was a character named Starscream in a different iteration. Uh, he said, quite mm-hmm. frankly, I don't know much about Starscream. Uh, and I said, I've got no idea who Starscream is at all. But he <laughs> said, like, this is back in 1996 or something. It, you know, the inter- it wasn't possible to go on the internet and research everything the way it is now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But he said, yeah, that there's this community of uh, Transformers fans who are having encyclopedic knowledge of the every iteration uh, of the show. He gave me an email, a, a guy who he's, he recommended it. it was a long time ago. I think the guy's name was Ben Yee. Uh, yeah, I may have, Ben, I, ben I, Yee, yeah. Oh, cool, okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I got in touch with Ben uh, and he turned out to be a super smart guy who was really generous with his time. And he said, well, listen, okay. And he sort of explained to me where Star Wars, where Starscream came from and you know, the characteristics uh, and what could be done with them. Uh, and so basically between uh, you know, getting the, the nudge from Bob uh, and, and getting the character fleshed out uh, by Ben, that, that became the show, became the episode. That, that's amazing. So you character an- analysis through email communication. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you know Ben Yee? Uh, I know of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, okay. he's, he's pretty big in the, the Transformers fandom. 
Oh, cool. Okay. It's it's uh, asking to to roll back the the clock quite a bit. But do you remember um, your initial pitch about the the possession? You know what? I honestly don't. I do recall it was a more generic sort of space spirit, space ghost. Uh, it would have completely fit in with the Beast Wars. You know, <laughs> no, with the space kind of, ghost. <laughs> kind of Bob's suggestion that we, 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 we can do better than this. Uh, we can just call uh, it the aliens. <laughs> the aliens, yes. Yeah. 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 As, uh, as the show was, uh, was known to do at the time, especially in the first season. First season, yeah. Yeah. Um, so was it your idea to kill off Dinobot? Uh, no, that this one was uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, okay, put away your yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, the story itself. Uh, it was the first episode that uh, Bob had a chance. Bob Forward was going to have a chance to direct himself. Okay, uh, and since his uh, his background, of course, was as a writer, uh, Mainframe wasn't comfortable with the idea of Bob directing and writing the same episode first out of the gate. So they wanted Bob mm. to get someone else to write the episode, uh, and so Bob got a hold of me and said, "Listen, I've got this idea. Uh, if I sort of give you the nugget of the idea, do you want to be the guy who writes the episode?" And I said, "Well, that sounds great." Uh, and I sort of thought, okay, I'll, I'll wait till the nugget of the idea comes in. And what came in was this beautifully detailed six-page outline, uh, basically the structure of the story. Uh, and I thought, wow, okay. Uh, and so basically, for me, I, I'm, I'm the one who wrote the, wrote the dialogue, uh, but the story itself, the concept and the structure of the story was in fact Bob's. Uh, so huge credit to Bob on that one. Well, and the dialogue in that episode in particular is great. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Even uh, 25 years later, I was uh, when we were watching it for the purposes of this podcast recently. Uh, I may have been brought to tears. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so great to hear. <clears throat> yeah, the, the I never cry. Good job too. <laughs> um, the the actor, uh, the the directing of it, like the, some of the episodes of it's a kids show. I know that, <laughs> yeah. but. The some of the episodes of that, I'm like, wow, geez, like everything came came together, and this this episode is is something. Yeah, it, uh, it hits you hard. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm a really big believer in the fact that you can't approach writing a kid's show as if it's just a kid's show, right? It's, it's something which you try to write as, as well as you can possibly write, no matter you know, what genre you happen to be in. And I know Bob totally approached the direction that way, and, and, and the actors approached it that way as well. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why Beast Wars uh, tends to stand out amongst a lot of other kids' shows, even mm -hmm. kids' shows at the time, because I feel like a lot of other kids' shows didn't take didn't go about it that in that way i i yeah i i totally agree it's that you can as a listener as a viewer you can always tell when the writer the actor the directors are talking down to you and thinking they're a yeah. bit more, right that they're a bit more sophisticated than the material they're dealing with and it, it, it's always false uh and it's always crappy whereas i mean whatever age you're writing for it's kind of a process of going back and finding you know, finding the Ian, uh, who was the, you know, exactly the age of, of falling in love with the show and running straight across uh, from that, as if, as if I'm writing, uh, doing my best to, to write Shakespeare. Oh, it, indeed, like when you, um, in, in all facets of when it comes to kids, if you just treat them as 
uh, a really young adult, yeah. you, you seem to get better results in both <laughs> yeah. entertainment and well, uh, dealing with, with kids in person. And mm-hmm. so like, yeah. even though kids might not understand the, the greater aspects of it, going back and watching it now hasn't been like shell shock because it, it's still good. I was expecting to be like, oh boy, here we go. Like, I'm going to dislike a lot of it. And I, I love a lot of it. And uh-huh. I think that's how, that's that's what you want want to do when you write for any age. In any age, absolutely. No, that's, I, I really appreciate you saying that. But yeah, no, I, absolutely. And, and you, can always, you can always tell if the writer is, if the writer thinks they're better than their material somehow, you can't write that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, getting a chance to freelance for a whole bunch of different shows and a whole bunch of different genres. What I really found was as long as I could make sure I found myself falling in love with the characters uh, and falling in love with the voice of the show, I could totally enjoy myself and do my best work writing for it. And Beast Wars was was totally that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you, you, want to, you, you want to like what you, you, what you put into it, right? It wants to yeah. be something that you like. And, and respect as well. I mean, we, you, as a writer, as a director, as an actor, you need to respect the story you're telling. Um, it, it's always, I won't mention any names, but in, in, in working with veteran screenwriters. Give yeah, us the dirt. No, no. <laughs> no I'm, just, I'm just kidding. In working with veteran screenwriters, you sometimes get people who've been in the industry so long that they're cynical about what it is they're doing. And once you get cynical about what you're doing, it's no longer any good. Yeah, yeah. It, and you can, it, it comes across in, in any art when, when you're doing it to get paid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it, 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 it's a nice thing about TV writing that TV writers are, are, are well remunerated, but unless, unless something is worth writing for free, it's not really worth writing, is it, right? Because there's gotta be the joy in the joy in writing. It needs to be its, it, its own reward in a very real sense. That makes total sense. I, I like that, yeah. yeah. And then the expectation you put on yourself is like you said, you need to respect your, your work. The expectation there is, um, you being happy with what you create. Yeah, I, I, I like that. That's why we podcast. We certainly don't get paid for this. <laughs> yes. He told me we'd be millionaires in five years. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. Well, <laughs> the merchandising no. just hasn't kicked in yet. It, it, not not it, it quite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not, not quite. Sold a few t-shirts so far. But. Uh, and so it's with- the ones we bought. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so which episode uh, out of the four that you wrote would you say is your favorite? Or which one did you enjoy writing the most? I, for me, it's a tie, I think, between, between Possession uh, and, and Code of Hero. Uh, that even, even though this, the story itself wasn't mine in Code of Hero, uh, um, I, so much, I, I so much enjoyed the, getting a chance to write the dialogue for those characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Because again, I mean, I mean, Dinobot is not, I mean, Dinobot is not Hamlet. He, he's not a, he's not a fellow. But the character did have, a, 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 he did have an archetypal truth and a resonance. Uh, Absolutely, all, yeah. all good characters do, right? I mean, Megatron, uh, Optimus Prime. I mean, they, they, they were all characters who, who had an incredible. And, and, and you know, it's not something that I created. It's something that was there in the show, and I got a chance to, to piggyback. Uh, 
uh, along with. But yeah, the characters, they, they really were archetypes uh, in a way that's, that you don't often find, I think, uh, in, in shows uh, that all of the characters tend to have and that, you know, that, that kind of archetype standing behind them. It's and interesting they, that you say, that's interesting that you say that because um, we're constantly being like, oh, the, like the way some of the story beats flow, it's very Shakespearean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that there, there are character, character archetypes in it. And um, it's, it's, it's just a joy some, sometimes. Sometimes the, our most favorite part will be like a 10 second piece of dialogue of Megatron talking to himself. <laughs> right. Yes, Megatron's like, soliloquies are wonderful. <laughs> they were always great yeah. fun to write. Like I, I love the bit in um uh possession where Waspinator first gets shocked by the, the computer and gets blown back. And Megatron asks him, like, he's like status report, and Waspinator's like moderate, Waspinator in pain, but still <laughs> functioning. And <laughs> Megatron replies with, Not you, imbecile, the computer. <laughs> 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 little yes. little things like that. Uh, priorities are everything. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've you've had a pretty like diverse and uh, eclectic career. I mean, you've done you've done TV, uh, you've done stage, you've published three novels within the past decade. Yeah, um, I've actually uh, I've been reading uh, Will Starling over oh the course my of the past week. Gosh. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm I'm touched and appreciate I appreciate that greatly. I, I'm quite enjoying it so far. It's uh, I, I really like the voice of the narrator. You're wary, humble. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to find a copy of your your latest book, but because uh, it the, the plot of it sounds right up my alley. But unfortunately, Amazon was sold out. Oh wow! I, I I'd like to hope that it, they were sold out because they've sold zillions of copies without having mentioned it to me. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. You just don't know yet. <laughs> you just don't know yet. Just waiting for those checks to arrive. Yeah. Well, speaking of writing for no remuneration, I mean, basically writing novels, writing literary fiction is kind of a bit like writing for free, uh, you know, compared to writing for screen. And, and again, I'm not being cynical at all, um, but I remember, you know, back. <laughs> I remember reading a very funny humor column years and years and years ago by uh, Eric Mickel, in which he worked out how much he actually got for writing a book, uh, and it was it was well below uh, what he would have received, uh, basically sitting on the corner with his hand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I I actually majored in creative writing at university, and uh, that was one of the th first things uh, uh, every screenwriting teacher that I had. Like in all the like the first level classes, they always say, don't get into writing expecting you're going to make money off of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what were you at uh, UVic? Uh, no, I was living, I, I grew up in Nanaimo. So I was going to, well, it, it was Malaspina at the time, but it switched to, to VIU uh, about halfway through my, my oh, term. Yeah. Islander yeah. University. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Who, who, who did you uh, study creative writing with? Uh, my uh, main screenwriting teacher that I uh, I made a point of because I, I really liked him I made a point of taking as many classes with him as possible was uh, Frank Mower absolutely yeah he, he's a delightful delightful yeah. man yeah absolutely a great writer mm -hmm. yeah I've seen uh, uh, seen a couple of his plays yeah 
Um, so, uh, what have you, uh, what have you, do you have anything, uh, coming up? Like, what are you working on right now? And you got anything you can or can talk about or want to plug? <laughs> I've, I, I'm working on, on, on three or four projects in, in development right now. The, uh, as far as what's coming towards, uh, uh completion, I did a, uh, my first venture into cin cinematic horror. Uh, I co-wrote the, co the screenplay um, for a film based on a novel by Nick Cutter. Uh, I mean, Craig Davidson, Canadian novelist, he writes literary horror under, under uh, 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 Nick Cutter. Uh, okay. It's called The Breach. It's being, uh, it's in post-production as we speak. Uh, Raven Banner uh, in Toronto uh, is the producer. Uh, I believe they're uh, on the festival circuit early in the new year. Uh, but a, a Canadian horror film with a with musical score uh, by oh. all people slash uh, yeah wow, that's, out, uh, th this is everything <laughs> I, I want <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah I mean apparently he's a, yeah, he's, he's a friend of the uh, of the producer and he just happened to have a window in his schedule uh, and they began by talking about you know would he put his name above the title you know slash presents you know, doing the producer uh, the executive producer role uh, and he was down for that but he also decided he he's got a window he'll he'll do the score uh, so I can't wait to hear the score. I, well, it's a, they they I say it's about who that. you know right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'll I'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Um, I won't take up too much more of your time, uh, but I, I do have one final question. It's a, it's a bit of a joke question. Um, so on, uh, on Beast Wars, there was a, a, a unit of time mentioned in every episode called uh, a cycle. And it's kind of nebulous how long a cycle is. So as someone who actually wrote episodes of the show, how long do you reckon a cycle is in the, the world of Beast Wars? That is such a great question. When I was writing the show, I never had any idea how long <laughs> a cycle might be. It was just one of one of those one of those terms you could toss in there. Um, and because the shows were all, I mean, basically, it's, it, it, I can't think of one of the shows that I wrote where the time frame, the real time that elapsed. Uh, in the show itself would have been much longer than, than, than a couple of days. So I kind of figured a cycle might be a day. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, but now, that's an ongoing host. debate on, <laughs> on the show, right? Because um, it seems like at some time cycles are about a day. Yeah. But if you go into Transformers Wiki, they're loosely like an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes half a day. And oh, sometimes it's a minute. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's an entire afternoon. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Okay. I mean, well, time itself is relative. <laughs> so that that's true. Yeah. Uh, days were days were longer. <laughs> days were like, back so. back then. Yeah. Yeah. Four million years ago. Well, we, yeah. yeah. So basically, uh, a cycle is however. What I my takeaway is uh, a cycle is however long it needs to be. I, I think so. I, I think that's a very wise takeaway. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I want to thank you very much uh, uh, once again, uh, Ian Weir, for uh, agreeing to be on the show and being on the show. It's It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Great meeting you guys.
All right. It was great meeting you. <laughs> you as well. All right. Uh, take care. Take care. All the very best. All the best. Too much energy. Once again, I want to extend a very, very heartfelt thank you to Ian Weir, who was just an absolute delight and class act of a person to to interview. He he was just it was it was great to talk to him. So uh, thanks again, Ian. Uh, if you want to support the show, best way to do that is go to Patreon, patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B, where starting at the $5 and up tier per month, you get hours upon hours of uh, preamble audio of us kind of shooting the shit before we uh, get into recording the episodes proper. Uh, there's also, you also get our monthly uh commentary track too much commentary where we talk over a movie of our choosing we just recently rounded out the entire matrix trilogy and uh this at the time of recording this being december uh we're probably going to do another one of uh christmas themed films so keep an eye out for that uh at the ten dollar and up tier you get to pick a show for us to review a random episode of on mine and cal's other podcast uh the laser comb podcast uh, uh, the only rules, uh, for that are, it has to be narrative based. So no game shows, no reality shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, the show has to be completed. So nothing that's currently airing, but other than that, we are up for watching a random episode of anything. So, uh, feel free to pitch whatever to us. So if you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash too much energon or facebook.com slash lasercomb to follow this and all of the various other podcasts that we do. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at too much energon or you can follow me at lasercomb, L A Z O R C L M B. You can also follow my illustrious co host, uh, Cal at neo underscore Cal with a K. That about does it for this week. Thanks for listening. I'm going to get out of here. I've been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege, and until next time, Beast Mode.